With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. Just hanging out on a Thursday morning, <laughs> waiting for the other shoe to drop with Dalvin Cook, uh, waiting for the other shoe to drop with Justin Jefferson. Uh, let's start there. And then Ian Rappaport from NFL Network had a report on Daniel Hunter that we're going to dig into a little bit. Um, I guess less of a report, more of kind of just like floating. Um, To me, it seems like his camp floating rumors to try and gain leverage. But we'll get Mm -hmm. into that in in a couple of minutes. Feels like we talk about Dalvin Cook every time we record now. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's definitely the biggest domino that's left to fall. He tweeted this morning a a picture of his or a a video clip of his run at Miami last year. I think that 54-yard touchdown run. Mm-hmm. It's an expensive play. Take that what you will for what it, what it's worth. Uh, it, it does seem like it's heading towards a divorce. Um, I think West Phillips comments on Ty Chandler, you know, surprisingly yeah. enough, gave us the, the most clarity um, when he was asked about Ty Chandler contributing this year. He said, I think he's going to have to. He went on to name a bunch of ball carriers, none of which were Dalvin Cook. So uh, where, where do we stand right now? Um, kind of reading between the lines uh, from your perspective. Uh, first of all, Dallin Cook, I think, has, is on social media a lot because one of our writers tweeted when there was a clip of, this is uh, a hockey reference, but like a local, I think, Miami reporter, um, like fending off a Vegas uh, fan. And so for people who don't know, like the Florida Panthers who are based near Miami and mm-hmm. the Vegas Golden Knights, these are your final two hockey teams somehow. <laughs> and uh, and uh, one of the fans, this is someone who's probably had a couple too many, was approaching the reporter and she stiffs her, stiff her and like truly like kind of Heisman level, you know, like like a, a blue skill there, the, uh, the stiff arm. And uh, our reporter retweets it and says something like, hey, you know, do you think this lady could replace Dalvin Cook and Dalvin <laughs> Cook liked it. And I was like, get off social media, dude. <laughs> but, 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 uh, Boy, but he has yeah. nothing to do. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I get it. The, the thing is, if you're Dalvin Cook, you lean into these, these game breaking play, you know, to be honest, the, the Miami one makes sense. That's, it became a forgettable game because in any other season, you'd be like, this team nearly blew a lead, you know, whatever you have McDaniel and like, how the hell is like I think Bridgewater was the backup because he was injured and it was like Skylar Thompson starting or whatever it was a weird game and normally you'd kind of remember that because like the Vikings nearly blew it it just felt like every other Vikings game you know what I mean last year so like 
Um, but you know, Delvin Cook's gonna lean into that. I honestly had forgotten about that run. Obviously, I, I continue to reference the screen pass, which functionally run play uh against Indianapolis and that comeback. Obviously, the Buffalo run. Um, and I think, you know, again, like Delvin Cook is getting the point where he's getting expensive. I still think there's something in the tank. Obviously, once you get to 30 or something, we'll have the conversation of like kind of where he's at, but still capable of those plays. But yeah, we keep referencing him because like we can't get to the next topic until Correct. we figure out what's going on with him, right? There's savings to be had. I assume you go shuffle that to Jefferson. We'll talk about Daniel Hunter. I mean, the other outstanding item here is TJ Hawkinson. Like they, they did not trade all that, those assets to bring him in briefly only to have him leave town. So like, again, he's going to be owed a lot of money for a tight end. Um, and I think it's unfortunate in the sense that like people have the jerseys, right? I mean, Delvin Cook was a, or, you know, I'm referencing like he's gone, but like was a very uh, popular player. There will be times too, because, you know, again, like people aren't going to, I guess with football, you can see all these different games, but people probably aren't going to track him down to down. Right. And so we'll see the highlight play, right. The, the play where wherever he's at, people go, man, missed Alvin cook. And, and not mm-hmm. really like, Hey, he took a loss on like the three other times he was handed off or whatever leading into that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate to kind of describe it this way. And obviously this is just kind of the way leagues are going. We talked about in the NBA is going to become kind of two stars that are paid a lot in the sporting cast, the NFL, it's, you know, again, if you're paying Kirk this much, especially in dead cap, you have to pay Jefferson. You have to pay. Someone's got to go. And so um, I do think it was telling West Phillips is not, I remember like, we did this interview. I actually find him, and I think you agree, one of the most informative people you can talk to in the Vikings organization. I mean that yes. sincerely. Yeah. Um, like, especially for an offensive coordinator, I know it's different with defense, but like with Zimmer, whoever his defensive coordinator was, outside of like maybe Andre Patterson, who just had some clout, like those guys basically didn't say anything because they didn't want to upset Zimmer. And because, like, honestly, I think they were literally just working on fun- techniques and fundamentals. Zimmer ran the defense, right? I think it's interesting that Wes Phillips, in it, with an offensive head coach, still can be informative. Again, he's getting the nitty-gritty X's and O's, but I think he explains it really well. He's not paranoid. He's not pretending that, like, if he explains a stick route to someone, somehow, like, this will crush him in week three or something. Um, and, like... You know, it was a small kind of group, again, like just to set the scene, like there's players coming off the field. So I think you were going to go grab someone, you know, a lot of the media go gravitate towards the star players, get them on TV or get quotes from them. And it was just a few of us huddled around. And afterward, we had mentioned like, hey, you know, like, looks like you got a little crowd there at the end. And he's like, I'm trying to stay on the radar. So this is not the bottom line is Wes Phillips is not trying to make like a splash with anything he says. And I think it was almost inadvertent that he just like yeah. referenced the players that he is working with because a, that's who's at OTAs B I'm sure the team is keeping him informed of like, this is where we're at with cook. This is where we're at with Jefferson, that whatever. Um, and, but yeah, I mean the fact that again, I thought Ty Chandler stood out in preseason. I just don't know what that means. They don't play any starters. You're not playing against, you know, regular players on the other team. There are guys who stand out in the preseason that you just forget about. There's guys who become kind of local legends. I think of like Kyle Sloter. So I don't know. Again, I didn't know what to make of it other than that. Like literally I just watched some of the preseason games. So I was like, Ty Chandler looks good for a guy they drafted late, you know? Right. So, you know, but they're kind of building him up and granted they're getting a lot of questions about him. Obviously they're building up Madison, who I think is a good player, good athlete does not Delvin cook had an innate sense for where the hole was and kind of knew what to do in a moment where like the play disrupted. Right. And he's like, well, there's probably something over to the left, even though I was supposed to go to the right or whatever. Uh, Madison, I don't think has that instinct, but again, I think is a capable back. And I think we're going to hear more and more about each back they have even Kenny. Now that like there's a fair catch rule or whatever, he's going to have to do something, you know, outside of special teams. Um, 
we're going to hear more and more about the other backs because I assume they would go from Dalvin Cook's a star, especially in the Zimmer era. They just kind of ran him into the ground to like, you're going to see multiple guys. O'Connell's probably trying to steal as much as he can from Shanahan going, we can't really pay running backs. So it's got to right. be this. Um, and so um, this is just the, the Vikings modernizing, basically. And that means you're going to have to know who their second and third backs are. Yeah. Going back to your point about Wes Phillips, like he's not trying to like, say and make inflammatory comments he's like pretty much the opposite of that as far as you know a media persona or someone the reporters talk to but it it his comments the other day were the most telling to date about dalvin cook whether he wanted to do it or not like quasi asked about dalvin or when asked about dalvin cook in in april said you know basically as simple as conversation still ongoing wouldn't really dive into it more even said like I could see a world in which Dalvin cook and Alexander Madison shared the backfield again, really kept the cards close to the best. Alexander Madison, when asked about Dalvin cook in may sidestepped every question, uh, not surprisingly because it's one of his really good friends. Uh, But we just have been reading the tea leaves. You can tell this is going to happen. This is going to happen, but no one's saying it. No one's saying it. Um, so to hear Wes Phillips talk almost with the sense of finality that mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, Ty Chandler is definitely going to have to contribute this year. And then saying, but we have a really good room that features Alexander Madison, Ken Nwangwu, obviously the aforementioned Ty Chandler. He, he even went on to say CJ Ham. And to your point about like, these are just the guys he's working with right now. But I think he understands that like Dalvin Cook is no longer part of that equation. And I think it's only a matter of time before he's no longer a part of the Vikings. Um, you see it. We, we, we referenced a lot of the, the June 1st, you know, cut a guy after June 1st, save money, trade a guy after June 1st, save even more money. Um, it is worth mentioning the caveat that the Vikings, like in the NFL, it's weird. Like you don't have to wait until after June 1st to designate someone with a post June 1st cut. Um, so the Vikings could have cut Dalvin Cook in yeah. you know, quotation marks in, after June 1st back in April. Um, the fact that they've held on to it um, for this long, it feels like they're trying to trade him. They're trying to do something. Um, salary cap also opens up for other teams after June 1st. So that's that's another reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they've held out for this. But it, it doesn't feel like we're in a holding pattern and eventually one side's going to relent and, and it's going to be a happy marriage again or, or a sense of compromise. It does feel like it's trending towards um, these teams, these two sides parting ways, um, which kind of leads me to, you know, where I want to go next, Tom, like when he does part where, you know, if, and when feels more like when at this point, the Vikings and Dalvin cook part ways, where does that money go? You save $9 million instantly. If you cut them, you save $11 million. If you find a trade partner, because they take on all the money he's owed this year, minus the guaranteed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
where do where where are you spending the money first? Are you going right to Justin Jefferson? Um, are you going to Daniel Hunter? Um, are you are you trying to split it up between the three? Like, what's your priority? Um, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one one right answer here, right? Yeah, I mean Justin Jefferson because he's the franchise. Correct. I you know I was trying to think as I was going through the depth, like, and I don't know if I want to write this because I don't want to be like morbid, but like it is a hundred percent injury rate, and I was like. What ha- and I'm saying literally for half a game for a small part of the season. Like, what happens if he's gone? Because they're gonna weigh so much into the the offense. I mean, obviously they take defense seriously. No one will ever take it more than than kind of a Zimmer team or a guy of that mold, right? But like, um, they're taking it seriously in that they brought in Flores. It's just not what it, it's not their identity like it used to be under Zimmer. Also, like. Justin Jefferson is just going to get a disproportionate amount of the offense, like even for a star receiver like that. And so obviously I was looking around being like, well, who could take pressure off? I mean, they're highlighting Osborne talking about Naylor a little bit. I think there's some holdout that like Wes Phillips said something like this, where it's like, they think Rager in a, remember like he came over immediately and I'm sure like Matt Daniels was like, yeah, you can catch the ball and like run it. Right. But like in terms of the offense, like he can learn the nuances and stuff like that. And they did, you know, there was a brief period there. I'm trying to remember. It was the game leading Indian into Indianapolis because Indianapolis, he basically created two turnovers and like they were like, see you, dude. But like, I'm trying to remember who they played before where there was like a downfield catch and some talk of like, well, he's starting to pick up the offense. That's why he's getting open or whatever. But um, there's guys they believe that promise. Obviously, they know they're going to have to lean into multiple backs. But I look around and I'm like, yeah, if you took Justin Jefferson out, like, what do you really have? He's just right. that dynamic and capable of making a, catch on a double team and stuff like that um having said that i don't want to like discount how important daniel hunter would be especially as the darius smith is gone i feel like that was more a chemistry issue they're probably a little bit worried about his health but it did feel like he was struggling that second half he wasn't making things easy on the team i think he's a big personality or whatever um so obviously he's gone and you lose something there uh pass rush is super important and then the hawkinson thing again i i think they will take care of it it's just like they have to again you know like if you looked at that drought in the draft it's like well, that's TJ Hawkinson. You know what I mean? That's why, like, it yeah. felt like they didn't choose a player forever. So, um, and they need him. He is kind of functionally the receiver too, or at least like the second. He will probably be targeted more than any receiver that's not Justin Jefferson. So, um, you know, I think people know that those are the three priorities. I would go in that order, and I don't want to discount how important Hawkinson and uh, Daniel Hunter are because. Justin Jefferson is going to soak up a lot of that oxygen, but there has to be something else other than him in order for this team to win. For sure. Yeah. It has to be Justin Jefferson as your first priority Uh, because he is your franchise, but also because of just think about like if Justin Jefferson's not at mandatory minicamp next week, that's going to be the biggest story in the league. It just is. This is the way it's the beast of the NFL. If Justin Jefferson isn't at mandatory next week, and he starts to get fined because that's the rules in the NFL. Even if you know, like, you're going to come to an agreement at some point before training camp or before the regular season, like, it's just going to be a headache. So I, I think right now, I mean, they've obviously been having conversations with Justin Jefferson's camp. Um, the Vikings have. I think you're just kind of waiting, 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 because you need the money to open up and you need to see what your books are going to look like down the road. Um, in order to dole out a contract that's going to be the biggest contract for a non-quarterback in NFL history, at least until the next guy gets paid. But that, yeah. that's a distinction Justin Jefferson's going to have. It's a distinction he deserves to have. Um, and, and I think when you look at all the 
you know, the tough decisions you have to make when team building in the NFL, losing Dalvin cook to lock up Justin Jefferson long-term and is one of those tough decisions, but also not really that tough of a decision because Dalvin cook is the franchise or uh, Justin Jefferson is the franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dalvin cook was the franchise. Um, so Justin Jefferson, you know, he's one, two, and three as far as priorities for me. Um, and we'll get into Dino Hunter in a little bit. Do, do you, I want to, I'm curious what you think of this theory. Don't think it's going to happen. This is a complete hypothetical at this point. But I was talking to Matthew Collar, fellow mm-hmm. podcaster. We'll give him a listen, Purple Insider. He he said, what if they just cancel mandatory minicamp? <clears throat> because yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Did it. So what if you just cancel mandatory minicamp? You say, you know what? We got a lot of work at OTAs. And you just cancel. It's two days. Um, two days of reps you'd like to have. But you've had, I think, I think they're going to end up with nine, eight or nine OTAs. Um, then you get a full training camp. What if you just decide today or tomorrow, Friday news dump? Yeah, we don't need a, we don't need mandatory mini camp. Then, sure, you lose the two days, but you get to kick the Justin Jefferson can down the road for another month and a half. You get to kick the Daniel Hunter can down the road for a month and a half. Like you don't have to find the guys if there's no camp. You don't have to deal with the questions if there's no camp. And like, while I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's kind of interesting. And, and there's precedent. The Jets just canceled their mandatory minicamp. Um, the Vikings are, you know, the, are allotted three days of, of, of minicamp and they've only taken two. So maybe they'll just take zero. Um, I, I think it's interesting. It's, it's, it's certainly something worth talking about because a, a way to avoid the big inflammatory story that's going to come out if Justin Jefferson's not there, if Daniel Hunter's not there, is just simply to not have a camp at all. I think that's true. I, looking at the other side of that specifically, I think right now, I could be wrong. Again, we don't know the internal conversations, but my guess is they're like pretty locked in with Jefferson, right? And they're kind of saying, hey, like we got to free up some cash and stuff yeah. like this. I mean, yeah. you probably know what that means. And so like um, the other thing is like O'Connell at times, you know, he's really pressed on like, where's where's Justin? Like I squirmed a little bit, but I kind of wonder if that, I think that's less like, well, we don't really know what we're doing and more like, hey, I can't, I have the smoking gun here. I can't tell you. Cause again, like there's something else that the, the cook situation has to resolve first, but um, so I don't know. Again, we're kind of reading into things that, you know, at least in my yeah. case, I don't know, but like, I, my belief is this goes from like diehard fans, anxious fans, like understandably given the history of Minnesota sports and the Vikings specifically, people are worried about like a doomsday scenario with Justin Jefferson. But Outside of that, from what I've gathered from people I've talked to and like our readers and stuff, like they're like, this is a non-issue until it gets into mandatory. And I get what you did. Like if you take away the mandatory camp, you're kind of throwing up a smoke screen or whatever. But if people will go, wait, did you do this exclusively because Justin Jefferson yeah. is under a contract? I think the other thing is Justin Jefferson doesn't need that. Cousins doesn't need that. Uh, Hawkins, well, although Hawkins, it did come in the middle of the season. But, you know, like if you go down the list of our players, they probably don't need this mandatory mini camp. However, like given how much of the roster we're talking about young players and depth that the running backs have to understand the system. So you not only have the complexity of like, and, and Wes Phillips made this clear. He's like, we are not going to dumb this down for anyone. So you have the complexity of an offense that is actually changing from kind of McVeigh to more Andy Reed. Right. And then on the other side of the ball, like I just don't get the impression Brian Flores 
is going to give guys a lot of leash as you get close to the season. Like yeah. by the time the season starts, you have to know like, Hey, we're throwing the kitchen sink at them. If you don't do your job, someone's wide open down the field. Right. So like, um, you know, they need to learn this more aggressive scheme. Um, and I think, you know, that's a relatively young defense, at least compared to kind of the, the late Zimmer stage. And like, I do think they need them. I, I get, it's like two days or whatever. just like, to me, I think you need everything you can allow because, like this has to be going right away. A, you just have to ca- take care of Tampa early on. And I know we're, we're talking September in here, but like, again, this will come quick. Um, but also like you just have this early schedule that's beyond the Tampa game, which should be a win, like very difficult. And we know what happens if you, if you lose early. So I, I actually think there are young guys, like think of the guys who are at OTAs right now. Sure. Like I actually think they need it. And so like, yeah, to me, it's both kind of from the optical standpoint. I get it. Like, you're not physically getting the questions. You're not physically on the field. Um, but I think people will just assume it's because Justin Jefferson isn't under contract. Uh, and then I think it's it's like, yeah, no matter, even if you take care of all this, Hunter's happy, Hawkinson's happy, Justin Jefferson's happy. All these other guys are going to have to know what to do. Like, you're going to need something out of Osborne or something out of Naylor. Because, like, and certainly something out of the running backs. Otherwise, the offense just won't function. It can't just be Justin Jefferson. And so, therefore, they need the reps, I think. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. can, just canceling mandatory minicamp is definitely a simplification yeah. and just kind of a funny talking point. But you're right. There are a lot of young guys on the offense not named Justin Jefferson, not named Kirk Cousins, not named you know, Alexander Madison, KJ Osborne, TJ Hawkinson that need the reps. Um, the defense more than anything needs the reps. They're trying to download all this new information about Brian Flores really complex defense. If you take two days away trying to get too cute because you haven't worked out the contract, that's probably doing a disservice to not only the guy you hired Brian Flores, but everyone he's trying to coach up and turn yeah. what was the, one of the worst defenses in the league into at least something respectable. Um, so yeah, they're not going to cancel it. Um, I also think if they were going to, they would have already done it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you canceled mandatory minicamp like four days before mandatory minicamp. So, um, changing gears a little bit, kind of, because we, we, we teased this. Daniel Hunter yesterday, Ian Rappaport <clears throat> came out with a report. Um, you know, the Vikings haven't been able to strike a deal with Daniel Hunter yet, obviously, um, he, he even mentioned they, they tried another Band-Aid deal, which is basically like, look, take something without a lot of term right now and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get it for you next year, um, which is exactly what Daniel Hunter did last year. And now he's in this situation again. So if the Vikings truly tried to offer Daniel Hunter another Band-Aid deal, I can see why that's obviously not working right now for him. Um, because if you're Daniel Hunter, you're 28, you've suffered two major injuries in your career. You were still pretty productive last year. I think top 10 in, in pressure rate. And you don't want to have to go through the song and dance every off season of, am I going to have any sort of financial security long-term? Am I going to have any sort of term on my contract? So I don't have to deal with this contract talk every single off season, which is what he's had to do for the past three or four off seasons. So if the Vikings truly offered Daniel Hunter and his camp a bandaid deal, I think that's a way to sour the relationship right now. I, I don't know for sure that that's the case, but that, you know, he, Ian Rappaport in his, television hit yesterday mentioned those three words so band-aid deal in that same breath he also mentioned obviously the vikings have not been able to work anything out because of that 
the nature of the NFL, teams come calling. Okay, so you haven't worked anything out with Daniel Hunter yet. A GM picks up the phone, calls Quasey, and and says, "All right, what's the deal? Can we can we make something happen?" The fact that the Vikings are answering those calls and and seriously considering them, again, per Ian Rappaport, feels somewhat significant. Um, it's it's not like an immediate hang up. Um, I feel like if it was, that, that's not something that he would have even reported. If it was something where the Vikings were very adamant on. We're not trading this guy. We're going to work something out long-term. This report wouldn't have even come out. So the fact that they're answering the calls, the fact that they're fielding them, uh, the fact that they are at least seemingly so considering trading Daniel Hunter at some point feels significant to me. Um, It feels like, it feels like kind of a dangerous thing to do because I think even though he's been injury prone at times throughout his career, he showed last year, especially how he finished down the stretch, that, that he can still be a, a top-tier pass rusher in the league. And having a guy like Brian Flores, I think you'd want a guy with Daniel Hunter's talent. Obviously, if it's not going to work out, you have to cut bait and, and get what you can for him. I just I am curious what like what is the right haul? Because to me, you're not trading Daniel Hunter for for a fifth round pick like you did Zadarius. Yeah, State. yeah. You're not trading you know, Daniel Hunter for whatever you can get like a bag of footballs. Like I think the Vikings would take that for Dalvin cook at this point, um, just to save the money. What's a, what is even a realistic thing to trade Daniel Hunter for? Cause I think it has to be a haul. I think you have to start with the first round pick. And I honestly don't think anyone's giving that for him. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at this point, like if you're getting to the point you're trading Daniel Hunter, they know it's not like at a surplus, you know what I mean? Like, like it's not, it's not as though like he, he's an expendable player. Um, and I, I mean, I guess you consider it just cause like the Vikings would consider like a, because they, they basically didn't draft anyone last year. Um, having said that, it's just like the player that you try to get in the draft is Daniel Hunter, you know, I, obviously a younger version and a cheaper version, but from Hunter's standpoint, obviously won't take the one year deal. And I don't think this is cousins to me. look like he was trying to take care of himself basically through the end of his career. That's kind of what he wanted, um, after forever franchise tag and one year deals are kind of short term deals. And with Hunter, it's like you're just if you get injured, then you're just running out of possibilities, right? You talk about him being 28, you get you know injured, and then people start going, How much am I investing a 30 year old player? He probably wants something like three years. There might be like an option at the end, depending kind of who has the leverage and what you can figure out. But like we've seen this before, right? Where like a superstar player as they get on the wrong side of 30, uh, production drops. He wants to make sure he's secured into that and probably giving himself maybe an opportunity at 31 going to the age 32 season that like someone will splurge, right? Because someone will take a risk on a guy with his track record, again, assuming he's productive and healthy. Um, so just, I, I just don't see it. And it's out of necessity. I just don't think there's a world in which Hunter Hearst's representation says, yeah, yeah, the smart thing to do here is to, is to just do a bridge deal bandaid or whatever. So um, again, the hope, we always say this with Jefferson, but the hope is that like the Vikings had a concrete plan here um, that they prioritize this as soon as Justin Jefferson is taken care of um, and that they keep him here, even with the injury risk, even with the cap situation, even though you may overpay for a player like that. Um, just because, again, I don't know what their other option is. So other GMs are smart. Obviously, you call and figure it out. You guys are looking for a deal at any time. But this is not – I'm sure I'm sure like this is disruptive in some capacity just because it's not as clear-cut. It's obvious why like Jefferson's not there. It's maybe a little less clear-cut with, with Hunter. But um, 
I got the impression of Zadari Smith, if like he wasn't disruptive in the locker room, he probably doesn't get traded. You know what I mean? And so like, obviously, and you just can't do this to two guys. You can't ship these two guys out and just assume that like Flores will take care of things. Um, so in my mind, you know, as much as we talk about Jefferson's a franchise, you have to take care of him first. Mm-hmm. As soon as that deal gets done, assuming it does, like this is going to feel like red alert. Like where's the hunter deal? Um, and so I think like, again, it's just a matter of perspective. Justin Jefferson's just that special under normal circumstances. This probably would be the biggest story. For sure. Um, it's, it's breaking right now, Tom, you know, so it's uh, Tom Pelissero, Adam Schefter, Ian Rapport all tweeting. Um, Vikings are going to release Dalvin Cook. Interesting. Um, Pelissero said it's supposed to happen Friday, um, but he's been informed of his release, I guess. Um, that's the reports out there. Everything we talked about for the first like 20 minutes or like 10 minutes, like it was always feeling like it was going to happen. Um, it'll just be interesting now to see like kind of where things go from here. The Vikings have been preparing for this all off season. They've been preparing for life without Dalvin cook. Um, it seems like even Alexander Madison has been preparing for life without Dalvin cook. Um, he, he talked on the first day of OTAs or maybe it was like the second day of OTAs, the first day media is allowed to come about like how weird it was just not having da- having Dalvin cook in the building. Um, and he doubled down on that in a podcast with Adam Schefter this week saying like, it's in, in a perfect world for him he'd get to share the backfield with Dalvin Cook his whole career because they're best friends. But in a perfect world for him, Dalvin Cook would also leave because Alexander Madison has has goals beyond being a backup running back in the league. It appears he's going to be the starter. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's finally happening. It's, it's As we speak, it sounds like um, more news is kind of coming out. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, th- I think them releasing him and not being able to trade him. Um, I just wonder what the negotiations looked like. Cause there's been reports out there too, that they came close to trading him at the draft. Um, were they asking for too much? Um, you know, like is the release at, at the end of the day, like it felt inevitable, but like, are, are we going to lament that they didn't, they weren't able to trade him or is that just $2 million? Um, you know, just, out in the ether who, who, you know, who cares at this point, if you're saving 9 million, if you're saving 11 million, you're saving money. Um, so I, all, there's a lot of questions to answer. I'm sure there, you know, there's, there's things we can kind of dive into, you know, later, maybe even tomorrow when this becomes official. Um, but it does feel like this is the other shoe that was, that had to drop. And, and now you can kind of get on with the rest of your off season, whether that means targeting Justin Jefferson, whether that means trying to, to mend fences and make something work with Daniel Hunter, um, you can kind of start to have those conversations seriously now because it's official or it will be tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think I look at it two ways. We've talked so much as we should about like how it affects the Vikings, how you eventually just have to create the cap space. Do you think there would have been savings if I remember right, if you traded him versus cutting him, this is something we just won't know. You know, we know after like a regime change or whatever, there's always kind of the notebook dump where all of a sudden sources open up and all of a sudden you see this big feature being like, here's what happened. Here's what happened here. We won't get this, but I kind of would want the, like what were the actual offers during the draft? Cause you feel like there was maybe a little more leverage there. Like the Vikings mm-hmm. were, more advantageous there and also like this big need like what the hell else are you doing because you're not making picks but like right. you know like there there's uh um 
you know, now if you're like Miami, I think you just wait it out. I mean, I think there is some excitement as much as Cook's an aging player, and there's probably some guys in their analytics department going like, I know you're looking at the highlight plays, but like looking them down to down or whatever. Like ultimately, that is home for him, and I think there is some momentum on Miami, assuming that they have the quarterback situation figured out, and like what can my you know McDaniel do it, all this stuff, and so like there probably was some temptation to pull the trigger on a trade on there, but I think there's someone probably disciplined. there, just going like, wait it out. We'll get him in free agency. Yep. This is where he wants to be. So I get how this happens. It's unfortunate. It's a little like, I remember like, obviously, so the Thielen news broke while we were learning about like the, they had the media in to, to talk about their medical program, which ironically they used Dalvin cook in it. So I was like, is this mean yeah. like, he's still, you know, obviously I read into stuff too much, but like, you know, they showed how like they take care of the players and the nutrition and like, you know, you go hard in this practice and you go easy in this one and the, you know, it adds up and the, the players stay, stay healthy throughout the season or whatever. And like, I remember being like, well, I'm not going to write about this because they just released a dude who like walked on the team is from Minnesota, but even getting the email, you get this like perfunctory email where like the, the PR department is like, we have released Thiel and it's like well after all the tweets are out and people are written their stories or whatever. Even looking at that, I'm like, dude, that's so weird. Like they did just release a dude from Mankato who's still probably got a little left in the tank, obviously understanding all the cap implications uh -huh. and stuff. It's going to be weird when it's like, even though we all know, be like, dude, they just cut Dalvin Cook. You know what I mean? And I think, uh, I think you know, once that moment's gone, obviously it'll be well, a lot to talk about. I think there's going to be some dominoes that we laid out uh, leading into the show. But I think a lot of what we said in the first 25 minutes here is true. Like, we were waiting for the moment. Was it going to be a trade? Was it going to be a release? He's probably not going to be here. Um, and then, you know, the next step is when do we learn about Jefferson, you know, Hunter, and if Hawkinson factors in, all that stuff. For sure. Schefter just tweeted, um, Vikings are expected to try and trade him one more time today. Like yeah. if we haven't been able to do it yet. Like they're not going to be. Able It'd be to do really it. funny if Miami just goes, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we want him now. Yeah. 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 Sixth round pick. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. So um, expect that to become official tomorrow. Um, maybe we can hop on tomorrow over the weekend or maybe just let it breathe for a couple of days. And yeah, you know, we, we, we've kind of talked a lot about it at this point and it would be more shocking. I mean, it's still like a surprising tweet to get or a notification to get on your phone, but it would feel more shocking if it was out of left field. This was, it was building. It was, it yeah, was yeah. trending in this direction all off season. Um, not even like super contentiously. Like it was just like very matter of fact, like this is what's going to happen. Like yeah. they're not, no, he's no longer going to be a part of the team. Um, so we'll let it breathe. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this at mandatory, but there's, there's gotta be other dominoes now, you know, coming down, coming down the road. I, I don't know how quickly a Justin Jefferson, extension gets worked out or you know mega contract gets worked out but it feels like this is something that needed to happen now or tomorrow when it officially happens to potentially get justin jefferson's contract figured out before mandatory minicamp um, we joked that they're not going to cancel it um so now that it's official now that dalvin cook's release or tomorrow will be official you can really start to have those serious conversations with Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does feel like it'll be interesting to hear what, what teammates, what coaches say, um, you know, cause now they can talk more openly about Dalvin cook and in, in, in more of a, what he meant to the franchise kind of thing, instead of, you know, dancing around the, the elephant in the room that yeah. he wasn't there. So I'm yeah. curious what everyone has to say next week when we get him. Yeah, hopefully they're just tightening the screws on the Jefferson deal. I hope it's hopefully not just 
just starting to talk to him. But yeah, you know, yeah. hopefully, I mean, again, if they're doing things right, that news should break relatively soon. Obviously, they have to go through like, you know what I mean? We can break the story, right? Before anything gets out, they have to officially release him or whatever, right. um, Cook, before they do anything with Jefferson. But yeah, it's one of those things. The NFL has a way to be relevant literally at all times of the year. And this is, it's a big deal. No matter, even though like, it's kind of funny that we go like, yeah, we kind of saw this Cook thing coming where there was a trade or release and we kind of expect just, you're going to see that number next to Justin Jefferson and be like, mm-hmm. it's going to sink in that this is a weird franchise. The franchise player is a receiver. You know what I mean? And usually it is a quarterback. Yep. And so that is going to have implications up and down the roster. Cause as much as Justin Jefferson loves to throw the ball will on certain plays, it's just different. We know Joe Burrow can change the Bengals overnight or whatever in, in Mahomes with the chiefs or whatever. Justin Jefferson has it in his own way, but you have to nothing through what that means for your salary cap and cousins future. And like, again, it goes back to like, why the hell are we talking about Jalen Naylor? It's cause like someone like that has to step up because you have to have affordable talent yeah. around Justin Jefferson. Cause he's making that much money for sure. All right, let's cut it there, Tom. Um, let 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 the Dalvin Cook news breathe here. Anyone who's listening to this podcast from minutes, you know, mm-hmm. one to fifteen, um, hang around, and, and if you get to minute thirty, the, the news becomes official. Um, we'll kind of make that known. Um, but this is like the the fun part of like live podcasting. Is yeah, that, yeah. Um, I think the the interesting part is like news can break at any time, and the reaction to it. Um, in real time, um, it, it's a fun part of this. So uh, I'm going to hop off. Um, thanks for stopping by. Anyone who, who listened all the way through, this has been Inside Purple and Gold. Um, Tom Schreier, Dane Mizutani. Um, like always, please subscribe, rate, review. All that helps us. Um, we'll be back maybe sometime over the weekend, maybe early next week to kind of talk about, you know, the residual effects of, of obviously the biggest news of the offseason so far. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.